I never realized the wonderful blessing and painful struggles that fathers face until I became one myself. I didn't realize how much dads cared about their children, and though I love my dad, I didn't realize sometimes how difficult I made things for him sometimes. And, and, and now that I have children of my own, I really get a, a better picture and a better understanding of what it means to be a parent. And, and one of the things that I hope each one of us gets from this today is not just looking at how we can be better fathers and maybe better parents, but also how we can see better some of the things that God sees in us and some of the struggles that we go through in our lives and some of the sin in our lives and how it disheartens God and how it hurts Him to see us doing things that we shouldn't, just as it hurts us to see our children doing things that are not right. It hurts God when He sees us doing things that we shouldn't do. And you know, I always looked up to my dad and looked forward to spending time with him. He was always one who would encourage me and tell me, I knew you can do it. He was one who would tell me that if I put my mind to it, I can accomplish anything. He would, was quick to praise my accomplishments and to encourage me when things went wrong or when they didn't go the way that I expected them to go. And when I needed a helping hand, he was always willing to help me or to show me how to do something. And I remember many times growing up the things that I learned from my dad. And even in his failures, I looked up to him. In the end, there were many times that he needed me as well. And it was good that I could be there and give back to him. He has given me he has given to me all of my life, and though I could never repay him for all he's done for me, I was always able to be there for him when he needed me as well. So I, it's a reciprocal relationship with our fathers, just in the same way as it's a reciprocal relationship between us and our Father in heaven. God wants us to be in relationship with him. He wants us to communicate with them. He wants to help us in our times of trouble. And many of us here can tell a very similar story about their fathers and probably in more detail of the great value that their dad played in their lives as well. But every father knows the blessings children bring into their lives. They know the struggles every parent faces and they know that their children need them and depend on them. Every father quickly realizes how ill-equipped he is to raise his children in the way of the Lord. And that's why it is so important for us to be in the Word of God, to come to church, to bond with the body of Christ, because the body of Christ helps us and strengthens us to be better parents, and we're learning about how to be better parents through the church as well. And God teaches us how to be better parents through the Scriptures And as I look back on the sacrifices that I've made as a parent, they don't seem so big. And I would do it all again. 
and I'm sure every parent out here would say the same thing, that though we have had many struggles in life and had to put a lot of things that we would have rather done at the time, we would say, well, you know what? My kids and my family is more important, so I'm going to put my family first, and I don't think any of us have regrets over that when we put our children and our family ahead of our own needs. And I think that that's one of the things that God really wants us to understand in life is that we should always look out to the needs of others, including our families, look out to the needs of others before we look out after our own needs. And with some of the lessons I learned along the way, I hope I would be even more sacrificial towards them if I had to do it over again. Because God has taught me a lot through my children. God has given us a lot of guidance in the scriptures on how to raise a child. And as I watch my children, I often think about my Heavenly Father. When my kids listen and obey to the standards that are established in my home, I am truly blessed and can't wait to tell them how great they are doing. And when they disobey, I do get upset, and when it's necessary, I correct their behavior. When they are truly repentant, my heart is forgiving and ready to restore the relationship with the separation that they felt because of their disobedience. And when they understand the why behind the structure and the rules that are in the house, when they understand why they're there, it brings an entirely new and wonderful level of relationship because of the added trust that you have for them and the confidence that they understand why those rules were established and how they are laid out to protect them as our children. And you know, that's the same way God wants us to see Him. He wants us to understand rules that He puts in place are not put there to harm us. They're put there to protect us. They're put there to facilitate relationship between us and Him. In the same way, our rules and our households are put there to facilitate relationship between us and our children. Like I said, I often think about my Heavenly Father as I watch my children grow. And I often ask God if I bring Him that kind of joy when I obey Him. And does His heart hurt when my back is turned on Him and I disobey His established structure for my life? And does He rejoice when I finally understand the why behind the rules that He has established for me. And I know the answer to these questions that I'm asking God is a resounding yes. God loves each of us with an everlasting love. He wants a personal relationship with each one of us. He wants us to feel and know His love. He wants us to be connected to Him. He wants us to come to Him with every need that we have. He wants us to be utterly dependent on Him in all that we do. He wants us to trust Him. 
and he longs for us to come to him and to confess when we sin. And when we disobey, that's the thing that makes God the happiest when we come to the cross and confess and ask him to forgive us of our sins. And then just as we are happy to forgive our children and are ready to embrace them and restore that relationship, God is ready to do the same thing for us. He is eager to forgive us and eager to restore us to a right relationship with him. And I believe God wants us to see him in our relationships with one another and with our children and with our spouses. He wants us to understand it is his grace and his love that carry us through each day. And as we raise our children and we build relationships with our spouses, we should look at the struggles we face in these relationships and ask God to participate in these relationships with us. Because when God is participating in our relationship with our spouse and our relationship with our children, they're going to be successful relationships. They're going to be relationships that are strong. Because we're going to be listening to God and depending on Him to guide us in those relationships. And I believe as we do, he will bless these relationships and they will flourish. Because we will always be looking at those we love with a love that comes from our Father in heaven. He gives us the blueprint. And let's take a look at it today. Let us go to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. When we follow his pattern and follow his instructions, we're going to find that our human relationships with our children and our spouses and our friends and family will flourish. Let us look at Ephesians chapter 5, beginning in, ver in verse 21. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ, Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church, without stain or wrinkle, or without any blemish, but holy and blameless. And in the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated his own body but he feeds and cares for it, just as Christ does the church. For we, we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I am talking about Christ and the church. However, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. And children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. 
which is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. I've heard many sermons preached on this topic on Father's Day, and I'm sure many of you have as well. And it is a wonderful message that promotes love. But many times, I think a key verse is missed because many people start teaching on this subject beginning in verse 22. But I backed up today because I think verse 21 really plays a valid rule here as well. Rule, I mean, here as well. I think it is really appropriate to start with verse 21. Because verse 21, because verse 21 says to submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. God is talking to the church here, to the body of Christ, men and women together, that we are to submit to one another. And I also believe for any marriage to be truly united and be a united front begins with submission. But it is not just submission of the wife to the will of the husband. I believe that it is important that the couple is submissive to one another. After all, we belong to one another. We are united in holy matrimony. We are one in marriage. We, over time, become one mind in so many different aspects of our lives, don't we? And anyone who is married knows that a lot of times you start a sentence and your wife can finish it or your husband can finish it because you think alike in so many ways. And that's because over the years you've bonded in such a way that, that there is unity in your thinking. And we become a united front. The will of the husband is not of greater value than the will of the wife. And a marriage relationship will never survive on it's a my way or it's the highway mentality, will it? It will never survive that. The type of relationship that I'm talking about here is built on love. It's built on trust. And the way you have that love and trust for one another is that you are willing to submit to one another. And if we're not willing to do that, our relationship is doomed to failure. Now verse 22 does go on and it does say that wives are to submit to their husbands as she would submit to the Lord, just as Christ is the head of the church and the husband is the head of the wife. We can't deny what scriptures say here. There has to be structure in the family. Just as there is structure in the church, Christ is the head of the church, the husband is the head of the family. And there are times in the marriage where there is disagreements and a decision must be made. And God has placed the weight of that decision on the husband. And the husband must consider what the wife has said and talked about with him in these decisions. Though she must be submissive to him, 
he, st she, he still needs to give consideration to everything that she said in the matter as well. And after many discussions and weighing of the matter, in the end, the decision must be made. And as many of us know, these are difficult decisions. For if we decide to choose the path as the husband that we feel is right, we know that we may be dis uh, facing the dismay of our spouse, don't we? And there are times that we do have to face that because the decision does have to be made and there is conflict there. But just as leaders in government must make decisions when there isn't an, a perfect alignment of wills, even in the church, leaders are not inherently superior to other Christians. Or men also are not inherently superior to their wives. But there is no institution and no marriage and no church that can function without a system of authority and a system of submission. And in the home, this same principle applies. Even a small household cannot function if each member of the home fully demands to express and have his or her own will met in every way. The system of authority God has ordained for the family is the headship of the husband over the wives and parents over the children. Though this is necessary for structure and order in the home, it is not meant to set the husband in higher regard than the wife. By no means is it meant to do that. And on the contrary, it is meant to bring peace and benefit to the family as a whole. Just as Christ humbly gave himself to the church and laid his life down for her, a husband must humbly give himself to his wife and his children. The husband should never think of his wife, that his wife should submit to his every whim. Because that's not what God is teaching us here. The husband should never think that his wife should submit to his will or submit to abuse or to submit to his every desire. That is not the intention here. The intention is to bring peace, love, and order to the home. And that is not what verse 24 teaches when it teaches that women should submit to their husbands in everything. We must remember that husbands are expected to treat their wives as Christ has treated the church. What did Christ do for the church? He gave everything, didn't he, to the church. And husbands, that's what God wants from us, for us to give our all to our families. He wants us to give our best to our families. And as husbands, we must model Christ. And when we are asked, and when we are asking our wives to submit, we should be doing this with the greatest of humility and love for them. We should be asking it because of our love for her. Our motive for asking her to submit should always be with a good and righteous motive and not a motive that is centered on self. 
Let us take a moment and look at 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4, verse 19. First John 4.19 says this, We love because He first loved us. And when we express love to our wives and our children, they are going to love us because we expressed our love to them. And in Romans chapter 5, in verse 8. Romans chapter 5 and verse 8. But God demonstrates His own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. After all, God commands husbands to love our wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word. Husbands are to love their wives as their own bodies. When we love our wives in this manner, we will treat them with care and gentleness and will always place their needs above our needs. Let us take a moment now and go to Ephesians chapter 6. Chapter 6, verse 1. Ephesians 6, 1. It is not good to provoke your children to anger. We must train our children in the way of the Lord, and we must nurture them, and we must correct them when necessary. We have all seen our children angry at one point or another, haven't we? And you know, this is different than being one who provokes someone to anger. We should work towards extinguishing the anger of our children. We should never be one who is provoking them to anger. And this certainly does not mean that we need to give in to every desire that our child has. But we need to equip them to deal with it when anger arises. We should never seek to make them angry. We should be there to nurture them, to give them direction in their lives, to train them. We should help them navigate the different obstacles they face in life. And we should be there to encourage them, to tell them, you can do it. We're the ones who strengthen our children. We're the ones who build our children up. We are the ones who prepare our children to serve the Lord. God has given us a great responsibility. And if we're provoking our children to anger, how do we build that relationship in such a way that they're going to hear us talk about God or hear about the love of God when they're not seeing the love of God in you? It is so important to watch what we say the Apostle Paul challenges us in Ephesians 4.29. He says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs 
that it may benefit those who listen. And this also goes out to our children. We want to say things that are going to benefit them, to help them, to strengthen them, and to encourage them. We don't want to tell them things like, well, you're not, you're not going to accomplish anything. I can't believe that you even think that way. Why would we want to talk to our children that way? We want to build our children up. We want to share God's love with our children. Let them see God's love working in and through us. As Proverbs 22, 6 says, Train a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will never depart from it. Train a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will never depart from it. We should correct our children when they mess up. Absolutely we should. And if we don't, we're not being obedient parents. Because God tells us that when our children disobey, that we are to correct them. But when we do discipline our children, it should be done in a manner that demonstrates our love for them. They should understand that the consequences they face is to correct their behavior. It is not something done for any other reason. Just as when our Heavenly Father corrects us, the correction is intended for our good so that we won't go out and sin anymore. And so that the, our sin does not grow and become something that is totally out of control. And we know we've seen children who are totally out of control. And the reason that they're totally out of control is they haven't seen discipline in their lives. They have never been corrected, and their parents have never corrected them. But when we raise our children and correct them when it's necessary and do it in love, when they're old, they will not depart from the training that they had. The scriptures teaches us in Hebrews chapter 12, Hebrews chapter 12, and beginning in verse 10, our Father disciplines us for a little while as thought best, but God disciplines us for our good, that we may share in His holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. I know that there's never been a time in my life where I've been disciplined or corrected that I liked it, and that I thought at the time, well, this is wonderful that I'm going through this. I know I have a lesson to learn. I never felt that way. But as I look back on it, I know that the discipline was good and, and, and it was helpful in teaching me and guiding me. And even when God does this in my life and He corrects me, I know that He is doing it because He loves me. And though no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful, later on it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. We must love our children and we must equip them to serve the Lord. 
we must be ready to give an answer to them for the hope that we have in Christ. See, our children are part of our mission field as parents. We are called to share God's love with them as often as possible. And even if they're an adult and still don't know the Lord, it is our job as parents to share God's great love for them. He will give us the words and He will give us what we need at that time when we are sharing His great love with our children. And as we have examined this section of the Scriptures closely in Ephesians chapter 5, and we've done it closely, we can see Christ, we can see that Christ is in our relationship with our families. The structure that is given in these passages is parallel with the structure God uses with His church. To see the parallel between how God trains us and corrects us and how we find ourselves training and correcting our children is incredible. Have you ever looked at your child and smiled and said, wow, it is amazing the things that they're understanding and grasping? Or you seen that they were doing something wrong and you know it's wrong and they know it's wrong and you're like, flabbergasted as to why. Why are they doing this? I don't understand it. They know that that's not going to make me happy as a parent, yet they're doing it anyhow. I often think when I see that, God, do I do that to you? Are you sitting there flabbergasted at why I'm doing something and I'm a believer and I know I shouldn't be doing it, yet I'm doing it anyhow? I have learned so much raising my children. And when I'm seeing them doing things right and seeing them doing things wrong and how it affects me as a father, I think about how that affects my father in heaven when I'm doing something wrong or when I'm doing something that blesses him. After raising my own children, I better understand what God is trying to do in my own life. Just as I am preparing my children to walk in the ways of the Lord and to follow the example of their mom and dad, God is preparing us to walk with Him and to follow in the example of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In our relationship with our spouses, we can see how Christ works in the church. He brings order and He brings unity. And in the same way, when we follow His direction in our relationships with our spouses, He will bring order and unity in our marriage relationships as well. When we follow the path God has laid out for us, we will flourish in this life. We will flourish in our relationships with one another. We will be able to accomplish the things that God wants us to accomplish in our lives. But more importantly, when we follow His path, we will find our salvation in Him. We will come to the cross and acknowledge Him as our Lord. We will give our lives to Him and submit to His will in our lives. And we will be able to complete the work that He has given us to accomplish because we have submitted ourselves fully 
to him and his will. And I love Romans 8, 38 and 39. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor any other created thing shall separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. It is only in Him that we find our salvation. It is only when we fully depend on Him that we can have a dynamic and powerfully rewarding and blessed relationship with our spouses and with our children. We will one day come into His presence and He will say to each one of us, Well done, my good and faithful servant.